the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We must understand that all sickness and disease are a result of disobedience and sin. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. We're going to be in John chapter 9. I entitled this message, Neglecting the Obvious. You know, sometimes in life, we can miss the obvious. We can overlook what everybody else might be seeing in plain sight. We can be completely blinded by our own failure to recognize maybe what we're doing. It's called neglecting the obvious, as we can so easily pass the buck. You know, that started, by the way, back in the Garden of Eden. God had asked the first created man, Adam, why did you eat of the forbidden fruit? And that's when Adam threw his beautiful wife, Eve, and God under the bus as he responded with, well, it was the woman that you gave me. Yes, (laughs) it's like she made me eat it. And to this day, we continue to do the same thing. We can be so quick to blame somebody else for maybe what we have done. Listen to how these people in traffic accidents filled out their insurance claim forms. After hitting a cow, this one woman, you know, she read question number one. What warning was given by you? She answered, I honked my horn. The second question was, what warning was given by the other party? She said, the cow mood. Okay, well, there you go. Another man answered his form with, the indirect cause of the accident was a little guy in a small car with a big mouth. You know, that's right. It's like my road rage would not have happened if this man wouldn't have opened his big mouth. See, again, passing the buck. Another man said it like this, the car in front of me stopped on a yellow light, so I had no choice but to hit him. Like who stops on yellow lights? Everybody knows the rules, right? Green means go and yellow means go just a little faster. Yes, just like these people, we can look for other ways of passing the buck because the reality is many people would rather point the finger and shift the blame for what many times we are guilty of ourselves. Well, today, as we continue in this study through the book of John, let's look at our first point, the real problem. As we read the text together here, starting in chapter 9 of John, we'll pick up in verse 1. It says, as he passed by, this is, of course, Jesus. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi or teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind. And Jesus answered, it was neither 
that this man sinned, nor his parents. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day, because night is coming when no one can work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and he made clay of the spittle and he applied the clay to his eyes. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and he washed and he came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, is not this the one who used to sit and beg? And others were saying, well, this is he. Still others were saying, no, but it is like him. And he kept saying, no, I am the one. So they were saying to him, how then were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man who is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed and I received sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. Well, we'll stop there for just a moment. Now notice in verse one, it says, Jesus saw a blind man from birth. See, Jesus saw him and he knew him and he knew that he was blind from birth. Understand, when Jesus sees you and me, he sees right through us. We are like a clear transparency to the one who made us. The Bible says that nothing is hidden from his sight. Everything is seen. So you might think, wow, that's really awesome. God sees all the good little deeds that I do. Yes, he does, but take it all the way. He also sees all the bad things that we do. Oh, that's not quite as good. But notice the Bible tells us that this man was blind from birth. Verse eight tells us that he was a beggar. Well, there was no social programs back there. There wasn't getting a check in the mail. There wasn't all of these different programs that he would have food stamps and what have you. He was on his own. So he begged for a living. Begging was the only way of survival for him. So the disciples asked Jesus, well, what caused this? You know, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? Meaning, Jesus, what's the real problem here? Why was this man born blind? Maybe the disciples, what they were really asking was, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does hardship, why does tragedy strike in the first place? I'm sure that many of us have wondered the very same thing. Well, after extensive research and careful examination of the Bible, I have come up with the answer. Are you ready? Here it is. I don't have a clue. I don't know. Only God in his infinite wisdom has the answer to those questions. But this I am confident of. God has all the answers. For some, he will shed light on them in this life. Meaning there will be times that you can look back and reflect in your life and say, you know that thing that happened to me a decade or two ago? I am actually glad that it happened now. Though at the time it was horrendous and we didn't know what to do, I am so glad that it happened because now I can see how that has benefited me in my life. So there will be times that you can look back on tragedy and say, no, God actually worked that out for the best in my life. 
Yet for the rest of us and the rest of those things, we were just going to have to wait until the next life. Like I don't see any good that came out of that tragedy. There was nothing positive that ever came out of that horrendous situation that I went through. So we are going to have to wait until the next life to find out the answers. But I would still like to address the issue of hardship and suffering as a whole, just for a moment. Yet before I say anything, I would like to say this. If you have been the blunt end of trials, if you have been at the blunt end of hardships in your life, I want you to know just how sorry I am for you. Because there are so many things that can happen in this life that we don't understand. And as a pastor, I, I hear the grieving of people. My heart just bleeds for them. And I'm just so sorry. And, and those things, if they don't make any sense to you, many times they don't make any sense to me either. Yet, let's consider certain principles that might shed some light on the subject of why does God allow hardship in the first place? For that, we have to go back to the beginning. We must understand that all sickness and disease are a result of disobedience and sin. When we look at at the beginning, all the way back to Adam and Eve, the first man, in the first woman of God's creation. They lived in the Garden of Eden. Eden in the Hebrew means paradise. They were both living in paradise, and guess what? They were sinless. There was no sin nature in either one of them. And then God would come down in the cool of the day. He would hang out with them. He would have fellowship with them. Yet as soon as Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, sin entered in. And sin separates us from God. It severs our relationship from God. For God is holy and pure, and sin cannot stand in his presence. Immediately following their sin, disobedience started. Consider the first seven chapters of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. The second chapter, man is living in the Garden of Eden. He's living in paradise. Chapter 3, Adam and Eve are evicted from the Garden of Eden because of their own free will choice to go against God's plan and sin. Chapter 4, their first son, Cain, kills their second son, his little brother, Abel, for what appears to be jealousy. Chapter 5, man populates the earth. Chapter 6, God sees that every intent of the thought of man was evil and wicked continually. By Genesis chapter 7, God destroys all humanity. He says, I am sorry that I even made man because of their wickedness. He kills everyone with a giant flood except for one man named Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three sons' wives. Now, many will ask, But didn't God know that Adam and Eve would sin in the first place? Well, yes, of course he knew. He absolutely knew. Then you might ask, but then why did God let them? Because God had no desire to create a group of robots. He had no desire to like, I'm just going to program you so that you just come and worship me. I worship you, Lord. It's like, he had no desire for that. None whatsoever. So God created man with a desire to know good and evil. And so that's what he did. God created us with a free will. And with free will comes free choice. Meaning man has a choice 
You can love God or you could not love God. Know this, God made it easy on Adam and Eve. There wasn't like a copy of the Ten Commandments that was nailed to the tree in the Garden of Eden. There was no list of rules and regulations as people would say, you know, religion is just full of rules and regulations. Adam could do whatever he wanted to do in the Garden of Eden. Eve could do whatever she wanted to do. There was only one commandment in the Garden of Eden. Don't eat of this one tree. And you know the story. They ate of the tree, which did what? It tainted the very DNA of the first man and the first woman. Their DNA is now tainted, and they had now a sin nature inside. Everyone born from them would have a sin nature. You're thinking like, so there was this one piece of fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. Now, it's depicted many times as a nice, beautiful apple, but the Bible doesn't say that it was an apple. It could have been a peach. I actually like peaches better than I do apples, but maybe it was something that we don't even know. Maybe it was some cosmic fruit that was transparent and glowed in the dark and vibrated and you know, who knows what it was. But we know this, that when Eve looked at it, she says, it is pleasing to the eye. So there was something that was alluring about that fruit. Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not even one. Now, it says in verse 23 of Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Bible says that we have all have now a sin nature. So how many of you have children? Admit it, I know they're in the children's ministry. Okay, those kids belong to somebody. Anyway, (laughs) did you ever have to teach your kids to do bad? No, when I ask you if you did this, you should lie to me and say, no, that you didn't blame it on your little brother. You know, no, you don't have to do that. They know how to sin all on their own. You look at those little bundles of joy, the innocence of babyhood. Oh, they're so sweet. And then, of course, they turn two. Then the terrible two comes out like, what happened? Who are you? Where did you come from? And that rebellion sets in and you see it with your own eyes. You don't like what you see many times in your own children. You don't want anyone else saying anything about it, but you know, okay, they are rebellious. And that's because we all have a sin nature. So really technically, when we ask that question, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Well, technically, we're not really good. Some people, as you know, or some are better than others, but we're all tainted, and we all have a sin nature inside. Understand, all sickness and all disease is a result of thousands of years of sin. And the condition of our world today is because humanity has rejected God. I mean, think about it for a second. You just answer this yourself. How many nations in the world today are Christian nations? Zero. None. There are no Christian nations. The United States, as you know, at one point was considered a Christian nation. You know, it's stamped on our money. Boom. In God we trust. But yet, what have we done in our nation? We've excommunicated God from our schools. We've excommunicated God from our government. We have groups now that are demanding that no crosses be on war memorials. We've stripped the Ten Commandments out of every courtroom. We're scrubbing the name of God off of everything. Police, you know, emblems that we've had for years that have crosses on them are now being removed. We have scrubbed God from our own country. Yet every time something goes sour... Every time tragedy strikes, 
Many will say, why did God allow this? Some will even curse God. It's amazing to me how people who never seek or have no knowledge of God whatsoever, people who never read the Bible, will immediately blame God for all of their woes. This reminds me of what the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 39. It says, why should any living mortal or any man or woman offer complaint in view of your own sin? God's saying, who are you to point your finger at me when you live in sin yourself? He goes on to say, let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. God says, you better go look in the mirror before you start pointing the finger at me on how you don't like how things are ran. He says, let you examine yourself. And that word examine in the Hebrew means, why don't you scrutinize your life? Are you living a perfect life? Do you make all the perfect choices before you start blaming God for everything that's happened to a world that has rebelled against its own creator. Yet in our text here today, Jesus said there was a special condition on this man's blindness. Jesus said that this man was literally born blind for the glory of God. So God actually allowed this to happen in his mother's womb as part of his plan. Wow. Is that not a little interesting? As I look at my life growing up, we only went to church a couple times, me and my family, and that was when my sister was first born. I had no clue who God was. Yet at 16 years old, my stable life that I had completely fell apart as my parents divorced and went both in their own directions. All of a sudden, I was a mess. I went from being a pretty good student, A's and B's in all my classes, and listening to my parents and did whatever they told me to do, to drinking, drugs, and a life of total disaster that quickly followed. I was empty. That's where it left me. It left me lonely inside. Yet that is what actually drove me to Christ. So my whole life falling apart, going down a path of just complete self-destruction is what drove me to Christ. It was my stable life being turned completely upside down. Now, people don't have to hit rock bottom like me to find Christ, but consider this. When our lives never, ever taste suffering, when we only experience life on a golden platter that's handed to us and everything just is made easy for us, that's not when most people are likely to be seeking a relationship with God. Yet for those who have ears to hear, you might consider how God can cause great things to come out of trials and hardships in our lives. Consider this example. It's a little crazy, but follow along with me just for fun. What if we likened our precious life in God's hands to the origin of a very expensive bottle of wine? Once upon a time, there was a beautiful grape and he grew up in the warm sunshine. Every day was wonderful for him as he fed off the vine. The vine supplied all of his nutrition. All the grape did was just soak up the sun every single day. Then one day, just like every other day, his life literally got turned upside down. Many here can relate to a day like that. You weren't expecting it 
But it happened. Suddenly, this grape was plucked from the vine. It was thrown into a bucket with a bunch of other grapes. While this little grape was spinning in total unbelief, like, what's happened? Where's my vine at? It was thrown into a huge vat. Then it was crushed and broken and squeezed. Its little life was turned to juice and his body was taken away from him. Then banished into a dark sealed barrel for years. No more sunshine. You know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, this, this little grape was put into this, this poor blind situation, just like our man that was born blind. The barrel was stored in some obscure underground warehouse, seemingly forgotten, totally forsaken for sure, until one day, maybe as many as 20 or 30 years later, two or three decades later, there was a stirring of the barrel. The plug was taken out, a light shined in, then it flowed into a beautiful bottle. The little grape thought he was the only one who had such a miserable and tormented life, only to realize that the bottle, oh, he had a story of his own. He too had a similar experience. The bottle started off as sand sitting there in the sun. But all of a sudden, it was scraped from the ground with a machine that came and plowed it up. He was mixed with other ingredients. He was thrown into a fire that was so hot that he literally melted. The sand thought to itself, what have I done to deserve this? I cannot endure this any longer. He wanted to give up. He wanted to check out. And right when he thought it was over, he was shaped and he was transformed from sand into a beautiful glass bottle. Well, after comparing stories, the, the grape and the bottle realized that they were, they were not alone, but they endured hardship. They endured difficulty together for something that was so much more than they could have ever dreamed of. The reason for their hardship was so that they could be sold as a rare and aged wine for thousands of dollars. They would be held now in the hands of dignitaries and they would touch the lips of royalty. Yes, their true purpose was something more than that of a simple grape or a pile of worthless sand. Know this, if the grape had never been picked, it would have just rotted on the vine and it would have just died. Understand, we, like the blind man that was born that way, are destined for so much more than what we can see. I wonder if Jesus had seen this blind man years earlier, possibly when he was 12 years old, when he was left behind in Jerusalem for three days. You remember the story? You know, the family had went to Jerusalem for the Passover and they did all the celebrations there. And, you know, they went in a group of people, you know, many of their neighbors and relatives. So they would travel in a big group so they wouldn't be subject to, you know, being caught up with robbers or whatever on the way. So on the way back, of course, Joseph thought Mary had Jesus and Mary thought Joseph had him. And maybe they both thought he was playing with one of the other cousins or friends and what have you. But they got, you know, uh, completely out of Jerusalem, you know, a day and a half's journey out. And all of a sudden they realized, where's Jesus? Oh my goodness. Could you imagine losing Jesus? You lost Jesus. <laughs> it's like, so they turned around in a panic like any parent would and they go back and, you know, if you've been to Jerusalem, uh, like I have, it's just, you know, it's a busy place and there's all kinds of people and you're like, oh my goodness, where is he? And, and then of course they finally found him in the temple sitting down and reasoning at 12 years old with all the religious leaders. They were amazed by the knowledge of this 12 year old. 
oh my goodness. It's like they finally found him. And, you know, if you've ever lost your kid for any amount of time, you know, you're, you're in a total panic until you find them. And then once you find them, okay, now that I know you're safe and well, I'm going to kill you, okay? Because it's just the way his parents are. And they're like, why did you leave us? Why did you do this to us? And Jesus looked at them and just said, did you not know that I needed to be at my father's business? Maybe Jesus, when he was on his own there, walking through Jerusalem, when he stayed back from his parents, maybe he saw the blind man. And maybe he thought to himself, hey, Mr. Blind Man, your day is coming. One day soon, your story will be recorded in the eternal written word of God. Many will come to know me because of your life. So hang tough, stay in there. You'll see me in a couple more decades. But your story will be told. I wonder if anyone here today needs to hear that, that there's a reason and a purpose for everything that's happened in your life. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.